And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 27th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 27, 1996, terror struck the Atlanta Olympics as a pipe bomb exploded at Centennial Olympic Park. It directly killed one person, injured 111. Today in 1866, Cyrus W. Field he finished laying out the first successful underwater telegraph cable between North America and Europe. And for those of you who really pay attention to these kinds of things, you probably know that a previous cable had been laid in 1858, but when they plugged it in, it burned out. It only lasted less than, I think, just a little over a week. People were standing on both continents saying, can you hear me now? And the answer was, no, I can't hear you now. But anyway, one was put in later by Cyrus, and it worked. Today, in 1909, during the first official test of the U.S. Army's first airplane, Orville Wright flew himself and a passenger above Fort Myer, Virginia, for an hour, 12 minutes, and 40 seconds. That was a world record. No one had ever been airborne that long, today in 1909. Today, in 1919, race-related rioting erupted in Chicago. The violence, which claimed the lives of 23 blacks, 15 whites, had lasted until August the 3rd. Today, in 1921, Canadian researcher Frederick Banting, he succeeded in isolating the hormone insulin at the University of Toronto. It's helped a lot of people. Today, in 1953, the Korean War armistice uh, was signed, ending three years of fighting. Today, in 1967, President Lyndon B. Johnson appointed the Kerner Commission. They were appointed to, this is a quote, assess the root causes of urban rioting. Isn't that interesting? All these years later, Kamala Harris is running around all over Central America and especially the United States telling the press that her job is not to solve the problem on the border. It is to root out yeah, root out the causes or to understand the root causes of the border crisis. The left never really wants to solve a problem. They, they actually live off problems. They want to just search for the solution and spend a lot of money in the process of doing so. But they never really want to commit themselves to an outcome because an outcome can be measured. You either succeed or fail. They don't like that. They don't want to be measured in absolutes. They always want to live in the abstract. And that's why the left always destroy a culture. Conservative people who build their lives and their worldview, particularly on biblical truth, but just on common sense, on natural law, they're the ones that tend to build things while the left destroys them in search of root causes. We already know what the root cause of most of the problems in our world is. It's sin and it's rebellion against God. Anyway, today, 1967, President Lyndon Johnson was, he was looking into the root causes of urban rioting. On the same day, 1967, today, black militant H. Rap Brown, do you remember that name? He was in the news a lot. H. Rap Brown. He told a press conference in Washington, D.C. that violence was as American as cherry pie. Not apple pie, but 
cherry pie. That started me thinking, do I like cherry pie or apple pie better? I think I'm more like, I like all pie. That's part of my problem. But I like apple pie perhaps better than cherry. But he chose that to make his point. So (laughs) rioting and burning down other people's businesses and homes is as American as cherry pie, according to H. Rap Brown. Today, in 1995, the Korean War Veterans Memorial was dedicated in Washington, D.C. by President Bill Clinton and the South Korean President Kim Young-sam. Today, in 2015, the Boy Scouts of America ended its blanket ban on gay adult leaders. They basically said, and this is direct, but true, they basically said, to the homosexuals that were infiltrating the Boy Scouts and their agenda, they said, sure, you're in charge of the boys in the tent. That was a horrible day for the Boy Scouts of America. And they've suffered the consequences of their very, very, very poor decisions. Five years ago today, President Barack Obama, addressing the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia, He was imploring Americans to elect Hillary Clinton to the White House. The reason? Well, he said, she is a candidate who believes in the optimism that drove the nation's democracy. When someone says Hillary Clinton, is the first thing that comes to your mind optimism? I don't think so. But Barack Obama continued. He said, and he said, he, I warn you against the deeply pessimistic vision of Republican Donald Trump. And I would ask, does when someone says the word Donald Trump, is the first thing that comes to your mind pessimism? Some guy that said, well, we can't do this, we can't do that. No, he's the opposite of that. It's interesting, again, how the left gets things all turned around, isn't it? Yesterday I was talking about The fact that there is a possibility, I think a pretty good one, that Roe v. Wade may see its demise. I want that to happen, of course. But we talked about that yesterday on this program. Well, today, there's three leading pro-life senators have now filed a legal brief with the Supreme Court urging it to overturn Roe v. Wade, when it considers this new case that we talked about yesterday, and I'm not going to go back through that, but it has to do with the state of Mississippi uh, and banning late-term abortions, but it's much bigger than just that. It's about the whole industry of abortion. But anyway, in a 33-page brief, pro-life senators Josh Hawley from Missouri, Mike Lee from Utah, and Ted Cruz from Texas They asked the court to use the case to reverse Roe. I want to share just a couple of things that they're saying in this to give you a sense of what's going on. This will be in the news. The news will play it down, but they won't be able to cover it up. It's a big deal. In their 33-page brief, uh, Holly, Mike Lee, and Ted Cruz are telling the Supreme Court, calling the status quo untenable, the... uh, The senator said that the legal doctrine on abortion that emerged over roughly the past 50 years since Roe was decided in 1973 has given judges excessive discretion and proven unworkable. In other words, it can be used 
by a judge based on that judge's worldview or ideology. They go on to say in their letter, their 33-page brief, Roe and Casey should be overruled and the question of abortion legislation should be returned to the states. They talk about the court's 1992 decision in Planned Parenthood versus Casey and so on. Then they say, where a legal uh, doctrine has repeatedly failed to offer clarity, where it has proved unworkable in the past and will likely engender unpredictable consequences in the future, its existence, talking about Roe v. Wade, constitutes an open invitation to judges to interpret it according to their own policy preferences, usurping the constitutional prerogatives of the legislature. We'll see where that goes, but it's there and it's on the table. They're taking a look at it as we speak. Got this note from Portland area. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for speaking the truth and freedom on KPDQ radio each day. Really enjoy your program. Thank you. I mentioned yesterday we need to hear from more of you from the Portland area, the listing through KPDQ. It's a uh, significant budget, and uh, we need you to step up and help us with this. If you think what we're doing is is um, worthy, if you don't, then don't worry about it, because I believe that people will stand up and join us, help us meet our budget in Portland. It's new. We didn't expect to meet the budget the first day. People that listen to this program all around the Northwest here and and in uh, Tucson, Arizona, and elsewhere, they sent money to help us launch this program, the the, um, extension of it, onto KPDQ Radio. So we know that you'll join us. At least some of you will. Thank you. Pastor Gary, it's so nice to hear you on the radio. What a great format and blessing to me on my lunch hour. I pray many to tune in and wake up. Yeah, that's what we're praying to, tune in and wake up. That's what we're trying to do each day. We try to talk about what's happening in the culture in regard to and in relation to God's Word. And I know that those of you who listen, you get that. So thank you so much for your support. We need it. We wouldn't be here without it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. I found it interesting yesterday. I was reading a lot of news. We read a lot every day. I know more than I want to know about what's going on sometimes, only because we read so much of it. So we can kind of try to, you know, winnow it down to the 30 minutes that we have on the air here. But Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he's set to launch kind of a communist China-style social credit score app. It's kind of like China's doing, and he's going to launch that in England. It's interesting, and, you know, you say, well, England's, you know, a long ways across the ocean. Who cares what they're doing? Well, I care, and I think you care, and you will if you're informed, because this is kind of a creepy thing in the sense it's creepy, but it's also creeping. And what China's doing, it seems like, okay, well, that's communist China. And then we know, then we find out that, that England is kind of doing the same thing and other people are looking on. And then you begin to listen to the people, our public servants, whom we've addre- uh, elected here in America, and they're talking about some of the same things. So let me just talk about that for a few minutes today. This Boris Johnson, he's the prime minister of, of, uh, of England, of UK. 
he uh and he, he he's known for having bad he eats a lot of ice cream cones he drinks milkshakes all the time and he's overweight and he it's a problem for him so that's the context here and he got covid-19 so that too is part of his presentation but anyway he set to launch this communist china style social credit score app he's going to be be rewarding families based on government approved choices at the grocery store. Healthier choices will be rewarded with loyalty points in this app. It'll translate into discounts and other incentives. Boris Johnson is supposed to be a conservative. He ran as a conservative for prime minister. He says he's a conservative, but he isn't acting like a conservative. Have you ever heard of anyone doing that before? Of course we have, right here in the USA. But what could a far-left radical like Joe Biden and his further far-left administration, what could they imagine for the United States? They're following Europe. I mean, they want us to be kind of a socialist democracy, like most of the countries in Europe are or say they are. But don't think for a moment that the public servants like Fauci and Harris and Sanders and Warren and others, they're not considering how to take care of we Americans with a credit score social credit score app as well. This supposedly conservative government will launch this app in England by the end of the year. It's going to monitor the supermarket spending habits of families in the UK. Those who choose healthier options, such as fruits and vegetables, or engage in exercise, they'll be rewarded with loyalty points in their app, which will translate into discounts and a number of other incentives. And they're working that out as we speak. The London-based Telegraph is reporting the story, and now others around the world are picking up the story, and they're reporting that the whole team in Downing Street is working on this, and the Prime Minister thinks that, quote, we simply cannot go on as before, that we must now tackle it head on. It, it is the people's health. So the government is going to start managing the people's health in England for the people. Johnson says, the Prime Minister He says he has been on a very rigorous diet and exercise since he had COVID-19. He also believes that his poor diet contributed to his getting the coronavirus. Well, that may be true. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is. I mean, a good diet is better than a poor diet. So this is sort of for the people, sort of. This guy, Lord Stevens, Lord as in Lord, I would spell that with a small l at best but anyway he's the outgoing head of the national health services nhs he told the press he said quote countries where more than half the population are overweight have 10 times more covid death that too may be true i don't know if that's true but he says it is so okay he also observes that the uk's socialized health care system will be weighted down in the future if the government fails to tackle the rising obesity in the country. Oh, so it's a win-win. The new social credit app rewards people for being good, improves their lifestyle, and it props up the failing socialistic medical system in England. Got it. And there's a punishment for those who don't participate, but they don't call it a punishment, but it is a punishment. They're kind of shunned. They kind of wear a letter, kind of a O letter on their chest, like obese or something. 
but they'll be pointed out. People will know, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll know who's not participating. Calvin Robinson, he's a pretty well-known political commentator in the UK. He wrote in response to Johnson's New Deal, um, he said, quote, the party of small state and privacy has become the party of nanny state interventionism. For shame. <laughs> Stevens, Lord Stevens, he says the layers of the onion stretch out to things that are obviously beyond a healthcare system's control. But he said this is a first great step. This is a great first step. If Boris Johnson is a conservative, let's imagine just for a couple of moments what a real leftist American administration could do with an idea like this and a crisis like COVID. And then on top of the crisis of COVID, we have a climate crisis. I don't know if you've noticed recently, but they have begun, they've made the transition. We no longer have climate change. We went from global warming to climate change. Now they are consistently calling it climate crisis. They have determined that we have a crisis because a crisis moves an agenda forward if you are of the left and use such things for your purposes, and they do. Communist China is leading the way in this social credit score. I talked about it here about a year or two ago on this program. Back in January of 2019, Forbes published an article to inform the West about this communist Chinese social credit score. I never could quite figure out, they and other financial uh, publications, I never could quite figure out if they thought it was a good idea or a bad idea, but they were reporting on it, and that's not my point today, what they think. It's that what's going on there, and it's what we think, you and me, and God, ultimately what God thinks. But it's much like our own credit score system. If you manage your credit responsibly, you pay your bills on time and so on, your score goes up, and that gives you more credit to buy more stuff with credit cards and loans. You know how We all know how that works. And it gives good citizens advantages that are withheld from bad citizens. This is China. The Communist Chinese Party, working through both government agencies and private companies, keep in mind some of the things that we know that's happening in America today, not England, but here, as we go through what, how China is operating the Communist Party there. So the government, the Chinese Communist Party, is working through government agencies and private companies. They're collecting massive amounts of data on individuals like individual finances, social media activities, credit history, health records, online purchases, tax payments, legal matters, people you associate with, in addition to images gathered from China's 200 million surveillance cameras and facial recognition software, and they have more than that now. This data indicates non-compliance with legally prescribed social and economic obligations. Contractual commitments are flagged, aggregated on a government-wide level program, computer, to determine the trustworthiness of each company and each individual. That's what's happening in China. The trustworthiness score can fluctuate based on actions, up for good deeds, down for bad deeds. It runs just like a credit report here in, in the United States. But that can even include getting a speeding ticket. That will take you down on your social your social score in China. Actions that adjust your so, show, uh, 
your social score are, are just everyday things. Like, for example, and, and this is in, in their document. I mean, it, they're telling the people that, or they were as they rolled this thing out here about 24 months ago. Purchasing diapers for a child will probably bump your score up. The system assumes that if you're buying diapers for a child, you're a responsible caregiver, a responsible parent. Well, it might take a hit when you purchase alcohol. So it's better for your social credit score if you never cheat when playing video games. But if you play video games more than 10 hours a day, your social credit score will likely be lower than the diaper buying caregiver. I'm taking all this from their information. If you're found guilty of disrupting or blocking check-in counters or passageways, particularly in airports, your social credit score can be lowered. There's a lot of consequences for bad citizens. Citizens with a social credit score above 650 at one hospital in China, they allow an individual to see a doctor without lining up to pay. If you're if you have a lower score on your social credit, then you have to probably spend the day there in line. Individuals with lower scores might find their ability to purchase what they want, such as high-quality goods or a new home. It's restricted. No, you can't do that. You've been bad. They might as also be prohibited from buying like an airline ticket or a train ticket and be forced to ride on a bus or walk or figure out some other way. It can also restrict your ability to rent an apartment. People with low social credit scores are often blocked from dating sites. <laughs> and are, Yeah, they have those in China. And um, are unable to enroll their children in the school that they want them to go to. It's all kind. I mean, it's all across the spectrum. Forbes quotes several polls that shows that Chinese citizens have a favorable view of this. It shows that 80%, most of them show around 80%. I saw one that was above that, actually. About 80% of the citizens actually either somewhat approve or strongly approve of it. They say they believe it is more efficient. It's a more efficient way to promote good behavior and protect them from fraud and bad businesses, unlike de- democratic countries or like America, where people don't do the right thing because they're not um, <laughs> encouraged or forced to do the right thing. Chinese people have always known that their government knows a lot about them, so it seems, at least to me, that this was kind of gradual, kind of an incremental process, frog in the kettle kind of thing. We must also remember that the people who told the pollster (laughs) they weren't all that excited about it probably got their social score lowered dramatically if they were fortunate. If they were not so fortunate, who knows what happened to them. People just disappear in China often. The Chinese communists think that as long as the people believe the social credit score system is fair and transparent, Forbes says, they will embrace it. And they're right for the most part. But it goes beyond China's borders. All companies with a Chinese business license, like Nike, Amazon, I mean, all these people that have a Chinese business license, a requirement for any company operating in China they were brought into this social credit system at the very beginning of the program, mandatorily. They didn't have a choice. As a result, some experts are saying they believe the system is already influencing the behavior of foreign businesses. Foreign businesses primarily, not exclusively, but primarily are American businesses. I get a communist regime putting a system like this in place. I find it inconceivable that the people in the U.K., are going to submit to 
anything close to this, but it appears the process is underway. Boris and whole, all of Downing Street, they're all in. A number of polls have been taken over the past several years. All of them show that Americans and Europeans are not ready for anything close to this. But Boris Johnson is going to put his experience on the people. And surprisingly, a number of people in the U.S. and U.K. feel that this provides a, a new level of security for the citizens. Our founding fathers said, be very careful of that. Don't give away your freedom for security, because you won't have security in the end. Boris Johnson is not proposing this, but he's putting his toe in the water. That's the first step down this path. But he is, he is beginning a trek down this path. With the confusion and the chaos surrounding the pandemic, the new surge in cases, and of course, climate crisis, it's been all transposed to a great opportunity. It's almost ensuring either another lockdown for us here in America or another government-run and sponsored power grab. As a candidate for the Tory party leadership two years ago, Johnson promised an end to continuing creep of the nanny state. Now he's become part of the creep. No pun intended. I know we're not China, neither is England. But this month, the government-backed review of the UK, not China, is calling for increased taxes on sugar and salt to reduce obesity. Well, that probably will help. But do we want to give our diet to the government? Do we want to give those kinds of freedoms to the government? I say no. Absolutely no. Two years ago, F.H. Buckley wrote in the Wall Street Journal, social credit may come to America. And he gave a whole bunch of reasons why, and I don't have the time to go through all of it. But the New American, heavily quoting Tucker Carlson, published an article here a while back. says, watch what you say. Don't dare hold opinions offending the Machiavellian minions. But the consequence may be that you can't send an email, transfer money, sell a book, rent an apartment, or make a decent living. Welcome to the Chinese social credit system, American style. A corporatocracy, a model in which big government and big business work hand in glove, exercising uh, monopoly control over the mouths and minds of Americans. They call it a dark and developing reality. And indeed, it does. Who needs communists when we have the social media giants? We have Mark Zuckerberg. We have Jack Dorsey, the people that run the websites and own them that America lives on. There are people that can't get through a day unless they're on Twitter or Facebook. They can't make it. These guys are controlling their lives to a great degree. There's much more to be said, but let me leave you with this. Paul said in Ephesians 6, And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. He said that while he was in the bonds of chains. He said, I speak boldly. Nothing can stop us or change our relationship with the Lord. I'll see you tomorrow.